You're listening to the RBN Energy Blogcast. This is an audio version of RBN's Daily Energy Blog, which is a fun and informative daily commentary on oil, gas, NGL, and renewable markets. Each morning, we cover commodity fundamentals and industry changes to keep you informed of developing trends across the energy landscape. Tuesday, December 27, 2022. Money. Shareholder returns reach record levels in Q3 as E&P's cash generation remains strong. Published by Nick Caccioni. One of life's vicarious pleasures is indulging in some daydreaming about what we'd do with a substantial financial windfall, maybe from a lottery win, a bequest from a long-lost relative, or a five-horse parlay. Thanks to a dramatic surge in post-pandemic commodity prices, U.S. E&Ps are living out that dream as 2022 cash flow from operating activities, or CFOA, is on track to quadruple from 2020 lows and more than double from pre-pandemic levels. In allocating those funds, producers face the same kinds of decisions we would all face. Ramping up current spending, whittling away at debt, tucking cash away for a rainy day, or distributing funds to family and friends. Possibly influenced by the upcoming holiday season, oil and gas producers turned extremely generous in the third quarter as shareholder returns reached record levels. In today's RBN blog, we detail the cash flow allocations made by the 42 publicly owned E&Ps we follow and speculate on future trends. Let's take a quick look at the largesse. The cash flowing into the coffers of the companies we track is on pace to exceed $160 billion, or $45 per barrel of oil equivalent, BOE, produced, this year. CFOA hasn't exceeded $25 per BOE since 2014, when oil prices last topped $100 per barrel. The estimated 2022 result is 25% higher than the $36 per BOE generated in 2014, 4x the $11 per BOE reported in 2020, and 125% more than the $20 per BOE in 2021. Most impressively, the total cash generated this year is estimated to be $15 billion higher than the total net debt of the 42 producers we track. The funds generated far exceed the disciplined post-pandemic investment programs adopted by the major ENPs, who have dramatically shifted strategy from growth to cash flow generation. In 2019, Capital investment of $89 billion exceeded CFOA by $16 billion, or 22%. In COVID-impacted 2020, producers slashed capital spending by 60% to just $36 billion, which represented 84% of cash flow. That reinvestment rate dropped to 43% in 2021 as investment rose just 12% while soaring commodity prices more than doubled cash generation from $42 billion to $93 billion, As we discussed in I Can't Go For That No Can Do, our series of blogs on CapEx and production guidance, 2022 capital budgets rebounded from $40 billion to $60 billion, an increase driven by 20-25% to inflation and oilfield-related costs, and the need to ramp up drilling after a steep drawdown in the inventory of drilled but uncompleted wells, or ducks, over the previous two years. However, rising commodity prices more than offset the impact of higher investment capex represented just 35% of E&P's Q3 cash flow and 38% of their cash flow in the first nine months of 2022. That leaves a very large piece of the pie for other purposes, including repaying debt, building cash reserves, making strategic acquisitions, and rewarding shareholders. The allocations among these priorities have shifted substantially over the last few years, Debt reduction was a major priority after the market upheavals of the 2020 price crash stressed balance sheets and the debt-to-capital ratio for the universe neared 40%. Producers directed one-third of their Q1 2021 cash flow to deleveraging, and 18% in 2021 as a whole, 
but that percentage fell to just 11% in Q3 2022 as the debt-to-capital ratio dipped to 29%. Equally important, lower leverage and soaring profits have reduced the net debt-to-adjusted EBITDA ratio for most producers to near or below their 1.0x target. Continuing strong returns and improving balance sheets has reduced the capital allocated to building the rainy day fund, or cash on hand, from 13% in 2021 to 6% in Q3 2022. The beneficiaries of the reduced cash allocation to capital spending, debt reduction, and cash build were shareholders as the sum of dividends and net share repurchases soared to a record high 40% of CFOA in Q3 2022. The 42 companies we tracked paid out $1.6 billion in dividends, almost all in regular dividends, in Q1 2021. With several producer boards authorizing special dividends from rising cash flows, dividends rose to $5.3 billion in Q1 2022. $7.5 billion in Q2, and $8.6 billion in Q3. The $21.5 billion distributed in the first nine months of this year is nearly double the $11.4 billion paid out in all of 2021. Share repurchases amounted to $9.7 billion in Q3 2022, or 21% of CFOA, 2.5x the $3.9 billion, or 14%, spent in Q1 2022 and about 20% higher than the total allocated to buying inequity in full year 2021. In Q3 2022, ConocoPhillips was the largest CFOA generator at $8.7 billion, well ahead of the $4.8 billion generated by EOG Resources and $4.3 billion produced by Occidental Petroleum, or Oxy. Oxy repaid the most debt in Q3 at $1.2 billion, or 29% of its CFOA, just ahead of Pioneer Natural Resources at $985 million, or 33% of CFOA. ConocoPhillips returned $4.3 billion, or about 50% of its CFOA, to shareholders. Pioneer remitted $2.6 billion, or 87% of CFOA, and Oxy sent $2.3 billion back to shareholders, or 52% of CFOA. The 17 oil-weighted E&Ps we monitor invested only one-third of their $20.7 billion in Q3 2022 CFOA into oil and gas-producing assets. The peer group matched the overall industry trend, as debt reduction fell to just 10% of CFOA from 43% in 2022's Q1 and 21% in Q2. Total shareholder returns rose from 32% in Q1 2022 to 48% in Q3, 21% from share repurchases and 27% from dividends. Net acquisitions accounted for 18% of CFOA as cash on hand was drawn down by about 9%. EOG Resources was the largest generator of CFOA in Q3 at $4.8 billion, about $500 million higher than Oxy. EOG invested 25% of its CFOA in oil and gas production, while returning 28% to shareholders, mostly in the form of share buybacks. The company added 46% of its CFOA, or $2.1 billion, to its bank balances, with no change in net debt. Oxy allocated 29% of its cash flow to debt reduction, a percentage that the company has said will be lower moving forward. The ENP gave 52% back to shareholders, primarily through share repurchases, and said it expects to bolster those outlays. Permian Resources, the newly minted company formed through the merger of Centennial Resource Development and Colgate Energy, declared its inaugural dividend at $0.05 per share. It was paid in November. Early next year, the company expects to unveil a variable shareholder return program under which it will distribute at least 50% of free cash flow to shareholders, 
by Permian Resources Estimate, that should amount to $600 million in 2023. Earthstone Energy, which has been growing rapidly through acquisition, is planning to de-emphasize debt repayment in 2023, which may allow for some funds to be allocated to shareholder returns next year. The 14 diversified E&Ps we track invested 35% of its $18.9 billion of CFOA in capital spending, with another 33% of cash flow being doled out to shareholders, 11% in dividends and 22% in share repurchases. The peer group allocated just 5%, or $892 million, to debt reduction, down from 26%, or $2.8 billion, and 19%, or $3.5 billion, in Q1 and Q2, respectively. Cash balances were boosted by a hefty 27% while acquisitions were negligible. ConocoPhillips was the diversified peer group's largest generator of Q3 CFOA at $8.7 billion, with nearly 50% of it being remitted to shareholders, a peer group high. Share repurchases by the company amounted to $2.8 billion while dividends totaled $1.5 billion. Capital spending by ConocoPhillips in Q3 was $2.5 billion, while debt repayment amounted to a mere $45 million. Enterplus spent the highest proportion of its cash flow on debt reduction at 37%, or $151 million. The largest debt repayers in the peer group were PDC Energy and Ovintib at $305 million, or 36% of CFOA, and $300 million, or 31% of CFOA, respectively. Matador Resources increased its dividend during Q3 it now amounts to $0.10 per share per quarter, as the company continues to make progress on debt reduction. Murphy Oil in 2023 will kick off Phase 2 of its return on capital program, in which it expects to allocate 25% of its adjusted free cash flow to shareholders. SM Energy announced a capital return to shareholders program in early September 2022. The ENP increased its dividend to $0.60 per share annually and authorized $500 million in share repurchases, which equates to about 10% of shares outstanding. The cash flow allocation history for the 11 gas-weighted ENPs we follow differs from the other two peer groups, largely because the increase in natural gas prices lagged the rise in oil realizations. Total CFOA for the gas-weighted peer group was $12.1 billion in 2021, compared with $42.3 billion and $28.8 billion for the oil-weighted and diversified peer groups, respectively. The gas-focused ENPs allocated 43% of their Q3 CFOA to capital expenditures, down from 56% in full year 2021. Net debt reduction amounted to 31% of CFOA, or $2.1 billion, slightly more than the 30% of CFOA allocated to shareholders via dividends, or 13%, and share buybacks, or 17%. Cotera Resources repaid the most debt in the peer group in Q3 at $830 million, 47% of its $1.8 billion in CFOA, the company also was the largest remitter of funds to shareholders at $772 million, or 44% of its cash flow. Cotera invested $460 million into oil and gas properties, 26% of CFOA. To accomplish all these activities, the company had to dip into its cash balance by nearly $300 million. Southwestern Energy was the largest investor in the peer group, spending $573 million, allocating more than 70% of its CFOA to CapEx. The ENP paid off $227 million in debt and managed to buy back $80 million in shares. 
Chesapeake Energy spent $540 million in CapEx, or 41% of its CFOA, paid off $325 million in debt and returned nearly $400 million to shareholders during Q3. Comstock Resources announced it has reinstated its dividend after an eight-year absence. The payment will be $0.125 per quarter, 50 cents per year, starting on December 15, 2022. The company, however, is still in debt repayment mode and an additional $100 million will be extinguished by year-end. Finally, Silverbow Resources expects to maintain a greater than 75% reinvestment, using the bulk of its excess cash flow to repay debt that was 48% of capital on September 30, 2022. Although oil and gas prices have been sliding through much of Q4 2022, company financial activities will result in record debt reduction, dividend payouts, and share repurchases. Cash flow generation is likely to be lower in 2023, with WTI future oil prices currently averaging less than $75 per barrel and natural gas prices averaging less than $6 per million BTU. However, shareholder returns are likely to remain strong, as most of the ENPs we track have reached their debt reduction targets. The big question mark is the magnitude of their increase in 2023 capital spending, a topic we will address in an upcoming blog. Money was written by Roger Waters and appears as the first song on side two of Pink Floyd's eighth studio album, The Dark Side of the Moon. Released as a single in May 1973, it went to number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100 Singles chart. The song features tape loops of money-related sound effects. One of the coin jingling effects was produced by a string of coins that drummer Nick Mason made. Personnel on the record were David Gilmour, on lead vocals and electric guitars, Roger Waters, on bass, Richard Wright, on Wurlitzer electric piano, Nick Mason, on drums, percussion, and coin sound effects, and Dick Perry, on tenor saxophone. The Dark Side of the Moon was recorded between May 1972 and February 1973 at Emmy, Abbey Road, Studios in London. Produced by Pink Floyd, engineered by Alan Parsons and mixed by Chris Thomas, the album was released in March 1973. It went to number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart and stayed on the charts for an unprecedented 736 weeks. It has been certified 15x platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America and has sold more than 45 million copies worldwide. Two singles were released from the LP. In August 1995 it was discovered that The Dark Side of the Moon, when synced up with the 1939 film, The Wizard of Oz, held a lot of audio-slash-visual synchronicities, resulting in a phenomenon referred to as the Dark Side of Oz and Dark Side of the Rainbow. The band has disavowed any participation in this. Pink Floyd is an English rock band formed in London in 1965 by Sid Barrett, Roger Waters, Nick Mason, and Richard Wright. David Gilmour joined the band in 1967, and Sid Barrett left the group in 1968 due to mental health issues. They have released 15 studio albums, 4 live albums, 12 compilation albums, 3 EPs and 27 singles and have sold more than 250 million records worldwide. The band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996 and the UK Music Hall of Fame in 2005. Sid Barrett died in 2006 and Richard Wright died in 2008. Roger Waters left the band in 2005. At this point there are no plans for a Pink Floyd reunion, although Gilmore and Mason used the name Pink Floyd in March 2022 to make the single, Hey, Hey, Rise Up, protesting Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Waters, Gilmore and Mason still record, and Waters and Mason still tour as solo acts. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the RBN Daily Energy Blogcast. For more information on energy market reports, maps, and consulting engagements, please visit us at rbnenergy.com. And thanks for rocking with us.